out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I was introduced to Lee by Fiona, the body talker of episode 87. I really enjoyed our initial chat and wanted her on Meet Me in the Field immediately. Lee got into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming and Hypnotherapy after a horse riding accident caused amnesia, contributing to her losing 9 months of her life. This is a long episode, so I'm not going to bother with pleasantries, but if you want to connect with Lee, find her on her website, which is www.mindshifts.co.za. That is mindshifts.co.za. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life Anon, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of the homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me directly on any of my social media platforms. This is Lee's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Good morning, Lee. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Freddie. How are you? I'm awesome, thank you very much. Good. Better for having you in the black seat. Yay, well, it's <laughs> nice to be here. I feel very professional. <laughs> when I say the black seat, I think of... Graham what? Norton. Graham Norton. The red chair. The <laughs> loves that. I, I, I also it, love it. I find it kind of weird. It's, it's, it's as if he... It just feels randomly unfair. Yeah, it just I feels so unfair. It. No, I, I feel sorry for the so underdog. So you're not going to flip me, is what you're saying. <laughs> Unless you flip yourself. I've never flipped myself on that chair, but people go, go for it. So, oh gosh, okay. you, you are a hypnotherapist. Yes. Cool. How did that happen? How does one become a hypnotherapist? Basically, my route was from an injury. I was working in marketing. I was a marketing director for a company in the UK, a property company, and we came out to South Africa, back to South Africa. So you are Um, South African? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But we lived there for 10 years. I landed up having a head injury. I fell off a horse and lost 10 months of my life. Oh, my word. Um, I literally cannot remember from the, I think, 2nd or 3rd of February to the 10th of November. Funny, yesterday wow. was oh, my the word. of 2010. Wow. Yeah, it's completely gone. I had to learn how to walk. So you missed, well, you missed out on the Rugby World Cup. Yes, and you <laughs> know what the worst thing... So it's not thing, funny. <laughs> it is. You know, the worst thing was I was actually, before we moved to Zanin where the accident happened, I was running Stanford Tourism, and I was very involved in a program called Beyond the 90 Minutes. Okay. And that was once you watch the game, yeah. what do you want to do? So come up the Western Coast, oh, my Cape, word. you know, yeah. come to the Overbergen. Um, yeah. So you could not... Cape World Coast, and I didn't see a single game. Yeah. And I'd been involved, all the muckerappers and the marketing material and... Oh, my word. So the injury happened in South Africa? Yes, up in Zanin. We'd moved to Zanin for my husband's business. Lovely, lovely, lovely part of the world. It is, yeah. Mokhubas Kloof Hotel used to be one of my favorite places in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And then they started producing nougat. (gasps) 
Sally Williams. Or, co- what is coach it? Coach House. Coach House Nuga. Nuga. Oh, oh man, oh, man. So it's not Nuga with Glover Tully. It's the Coach House. It's the Coach House actually in Zanin. That's right, yeah. Then Nuga was excellent. But I don't see it anymore. I don't know that actually. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a while. They they used to do one wrapped in red, that was dipped in chocolate. Oh. Nuga. You see, now we're going to have to go and have some Nuga <laughs> after this. I have to stop at your spa. <laughs> I'm, I'm banking at the moment, so no Nuga. No. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I'm also on, on being, I'm being, I'm being intelligent with my... Oh, cool. Yeah. My husband just said to me, oh, just, just half a spoon of sugar in my coffee. No, we've got stevia. Let's try it. <laughs> yes, I've got some nice ones from Shuslam you can oh, use Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, so we, we were busy with... Oh, yes. Okay, so yeah, then I had a horse injury. Uh, it was a head injury from falling off a horse. And Were you I, a horse rider? Did, were you no, I was actually learning. It was okay. the sixth time I was ever on a horse. Okay. Um, thankfully, I had a, a helmet on and it decided to go galloping off. And because oh, I wasn't no. learning, you know, I was learning. Yeah. I didn't quite know. What is it? All I can remember is pulling the, the, way, the, the reins towards mm. myself because they told me not to pull my arms out. And... Um, Ten months later, I got a call saying my brother died. Oh, my word. 10th of November, 2010. Yeah, so nine years ago yesterday. And I can physically remember standing in a house. I don't know how we got to that house, when we moved to that house, but at some point during the year we had. And um, I'd apparently had to learn how to walk, and my short-term memory completely went for that time. Oh, my word. Long-term, I can remember everything before, and subsequent to that day, the memories have come back. Okay. Um... But, yeah, but then the, the, the adverse effect of that was physical. I'm still not physically strong, and that really frustrates me. I used to do marathons and ah. a lot of fun stuff. Um, so <laughs> okay, she just <laughs> called marathons fun stuff. <laughs> I suppose well, everybody has their own definition of fun. <laughs> well, lots of halves. Halves were fun. I, to be honest, I didn't do that many marathons. But also um, triathlons, which ah. were great fun and stuff. So, yeah, so... That, to this day, is, is is a big battle, just sort of getting back. Even if I could just get back to to 10K comfortably, I'd yeah. be happy. 10K's um, are lovely. That's my favorite mm, distance to run. Because yeah, it, and it's better for it's short enough anyway. to actually put a bit of, of, of speed into it and short enough to not kick it. And not break your body. Yeah. Yeah. And long so, enough to really be a challenge as well. For yes, me, for yeah, me likewise. Yeah. Have a good... Yeah. So. Anyway, so that was that. But then... My body started working, my memory was coming back, but jeez, I was so down in the dumps. I was so negative because I couldn't think the way I used to. I was, you know, you kind of, I suppose you mourn what you had before that you don't have. Yes. And someone told me about an NLP practitioner, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, in Joburg. So I went and saw her. And through that, I thought, hmm, I could be helping others. Ah. Zanin wasn't the place also for a great big high-flying marketing position. It wasn't really (laughs) going to happen. Not exactly, So, yeah, so that wasn't going to happen. And I think also the people that I met there were, were largely people I met after the accident, okay. which was also difficult because then they saw me as the girl who's had an accident, who doesn't have a memory, who doesn't. So I don't think I sort of came in there with a sort of a, a presence of yeah. any sort, which was also very difficult from an ego point mm-hmm. of view, you know, from being, you know, walking in with my fancy car to walking yeah. in saying, uh, who are you? Do I remember you? Have yeah. I met you? Oh, it's right. not oh, strong. That must be incredible incredibly difficult mm. interesting enough I'm reading a book at the moment about a man who has memory loss it's, it's really interesting to read about his battle his memory loss was they never say it but I think it was a, a top of a stroke type of thing uh-huh. and the memory loss is he lost every 
event we has a emotional attachment to. So oh, my word. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, quite interesting. So it's interesting that I get you out yeah. here today, memory loss, while I'm busy reading a book on memory loss. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was very fortunate that it was just it was a short-term memory loss and it was during those that period. So apparently during that time, my husband said I could I could remember anything from before the event. And then if something happened, like he'd come into the room and say to me, Lee, I just saw Bob and Bob said X, Y, and Z, and I'd go, Oh, okay. And then I'd walk somewhere. Well, obviously I was walking by then, and I'd come back into the room not even two minutes later and I'd say you know, someone told me they saw Bob and such and such and such happened. And he said he used to think, oh, grief. Like, oh, God, I've just told you that. Like, yeah. what is oh, going down? Word. But talking about books, we read a book by James Cracknell. I don't know if you heard about him. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's an Olympic rower, okay. a British rower. He won the Olympics a couple of times, I think in pairs and in quads or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. He re- wrote also a book, The Crossing, which is him and Ben, ben Fogel. It was amazing. Miss Reed, it's a fascinating book. But anyway, he had a very similar accident. It was also a contra-coup accident where you hit one side of the head and the other side is where the brain hits and causes the trouble. And his injury was very similar to mine. He was doing, he was going from the east to the west, no, the west to the east coast of the uh, the United States by personal body stuff. So he was going to run, cycle, row, whatever, foot, walk. And he'd just done the Marathon de Sable through California and he'd got onto his bicycle and he was just thinking, oh, thank goodness, you know, I'm actually cycling now. Yeah. And a truck came and hit him on the back of the head. Oh, my word. So he traces his story and his wife traces her story through the book. Oh, cool. And it was a brilliant book for me and my husband to read because the anger, the frustration, you know, the 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 things that, you know, and, and once I started remembering things I remember being so angry like I just wanted to fucking kill anything that was yeah. you know what I mean the I anger imagine, was just yeah. and I didn't know where it was coming from yeah. and you feel like your personality is sort of not quite there and just readjusting was but now he's the poor person who has to sit and put up with it yeah. you know he's walked me through n- nine months of teaching me to walk taking me to therapy looking after my son washing my hair shaving my legs feeding me food oh, my and now I'm like angry and yeah and god knows what else ungrateful so, bitch exactly exactly <laughs> so and he read it you know him reading the wife's side of beverly cracknell yeah. you know and cracknell whatever so oh cool so that was also very beneficial read to also for me to understand okay so there was a head injury doing this to me it's not me i'm not this yeah. weirdo or and know. what type of therapy did you get during so During everything that, that from obviously period. the medical stuff and the yeah. you know the hospital I did all that blah, and then there was walking. So I suppose I was at physio. I was apparently at craniosacral therapy. Body, Crane, what? Craniosacral. So sort of something to do with sorting okay. out the. I think it's quite a massagey type okay. or you know they put your hand uh, pressurey thing. Cool. To be honest, I mean, anybody who's craniosacral doesn't listen to that because I don't really know what I'm saying. But if you don't know what it is, we, can Google we it. urge you to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Google is your friend. Yes. And then trauma release exercises, but I also did that afterwards. What release exercises? Trauma, trauma release. Theory. Theory. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then therapeutic Pilates to get the flow because okay. apparently I walked like a bit of a zombie okay. you know, with a physio. So I think it was a hell of a lot of physio wow. involved as well. So. And psychological therapy? Well, no, that was when I started realizing that I was really depressed, I was oh, okay. really down, I couldn't get happy, I was so angry, I was so, so that grumpy. was when the memory came back, when that therapy started. Mm. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. I think they'd focused initially, because my neck had a whole lot of issues, and they'd focused initially completely on the brain. And then they found that my head was hanging. So quite oh a while afterwards, word. I was in a brace for a while. Because, I, you know, that, that kind of had been a bit secondary. Mm. But then tertiary, thirdly, whatever, was the when I started remembering things. And I was just so bloody miserable the whole yeah. time. And so, yes, then I went for NLP. Cool. And she did a bit of hypnotherapy with me. Okay. And yeah, so my journey was actually neurolinguistic programming. That was what fascinated me, especially okay. coming from the more corporate background. Yes. Um, and to be quite honest, I had more of a Christian growing up background. So the thought of hypnotherapy, I was a bit sort of, oh God, mm. it's creepy. Yeah, that's it's, your goal. You know, You're moving into the yard. Yeah. And I had absolute, complete and utter lack of understanding. And I'm faced with it every yeah. day with my clients is people do not understand. Mm. They don't know what it's about. And I had a very incredible teacher because I said to him, I'll do the coaching, I'll do the NLP, I'll do the time-based techniques, but I'm not doing hypnotherapy. And he said, why? So I said, oh, my background, you know, I've been told. Yeah. And he said, okay, the deal with you is you don't have to do the, the actual practical, but you do need to sit in the introduction and understand and become aware of what it's about, which is the first day of training. If you choose not to do it from there, it's fine. You obviously won't get any certification. Yeah. You won't have to do the practices and, and come back for that section. And um, so I said, deal. And I was absolutely astounded at how beautiful, how natural. It's a guided meditation. Nobody controls your own mind but you, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Um, and when I finished, I I was doing NLP and hypnotherapy, um, which led me then to go and do a whole lot more studying on, okay. on hypnotherapy. Cool. What is NLP? NLP is a process of discovering blocks, I guess, in your life, root causes and things like that, and not even necessarily the root cause. Where is an area uh, that you want to change? Where somewhere in life you've developed a neurological pathway towards that. I'll give you a few examples because it's quite a difficult thing to, to explain, but when you can change that pathway to moving to another pathway, literally in an instant, you can start thinking differently. So that's so, what I would call, with, with my clients, I call it, um, 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 we're forming new neuropathways. Exactly. So what I always say to my clients, what we basically need to do is we need to roll a big rock over the Grand Canyon or mm-hmm. in, at the entrance of the Grand Canyon to stop your, 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 your natural reaction going there and we need to start forming a new Grand Canyon for you. Pattern, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. So, so we all have a strategy. So, for example, every single thing you do, you have a strategy for. So if you go to the shops, if you, if I had to sit and look at you, you could, I mean, eye patterns are a good example, you know, to follow, like, where's the person? Are they recalling it? Are they remembering yeah. it? Are they, you know, that kind of yes. thing. But you watch what the pattern is. So it might be go in the shop, see the article, buy it, go home, regret it. So now what do we want to do? How do you want to change and break that pattern? Okay. Go in, see the article look at the price, go out, think about it, come back in, do I still want it? Uh, maybe, maybe not, go home, new result. Okay. So you want to be able to say, okay, what is it? So with people who bite their fingernails or something, at what point do the nails come to the mouth? Ah. What happens? What is the process? So sometimes it takes a while because people don't really know, but it's when I feel the hooks on my hand, yeah. when I, you know, or as my finger touches the lips or whatever. So then what do you want to do? Do you want to rather just even put your hand behind your ear or touch your glasses and move yeah. them up? Or, you know, what do you want to do with your hand at that point? And at what point do you want to break that pattern, change yes. it? 
So basically, it's just putting in different associations with that so that you okay. change it. Yeah. Getting rid of a phobia as well as you're finding, what is it about that thing? How is the problem? How do you do that problem? You know, so when yeah. we find out how they do that problem, then we can change how okay. they do it. You can make a different feeling and a different emotion that is attached to going to the dentist. You see your face I need help you go. With. <laughs> I absolutely despise going to the dentist. That sound of that drill drives me. I grill my most. I can't. So I go once, six, once every six years. Thank God I've got very strong teeth. You're very lucky. So even when I yeah. go, there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very so lucky. That, so you've I'm got nothing to fear. Yeah. But, but still, just that idea that you might switch that drill on. Let's take, for instance, Lee walked into my office and he saw my running books. So he said mm. to me, what, did, did you like running? And I said, well, I used to be a provincial herder. Mm. So when I was... 18, mm-hmm. I ran in the final of the South African Championships in the 100 meter, 110 meter hurdles. Fantastic. And I was the, I had the fastest time in the heats mm-hmm. and in the final I fell over the first hurdle. So, they didn't even finish the race. Is that something that through neurolinguistic, because after that there was a lot of meanings attached do Absolutely. that. I'm a failure. I will never win. Um, 100% yes. So neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy can change the meaning attached to that event. Am I, I correct? I absolutely, or? fully and completely believe that if, if all our sports teams, in fact all sports people, were to do things like that with NLP... There's no attachment of, oh, it might be hypnotherapy, because a lot of people do see it differently. They choose to see it differently, and that is their choice. So it's a difficult thing to come in and say to people, let's do a guided meditation or hypnotherapy or whatever. But NLP is is specifically, you know, I mean, it's all kind of linked stuff because we're working with the mind to change it, to make yeah. little shifts in the mind, and those little shifts make massive change in the person's life. Yeah. So one of my most, one of my most sort of, a, a client that I use for examples is, um, or for a good example of NLP, was a chap who came to me, he was a cricketer, and he said, I want to play in the field, like I, I want to play on the ground in a match the way I play in the, in the nets. Because he also, he had that sort of, once he got onto the ground, mm. there was a pressure that he couldn't work with. Whereas when he was I on the, the which is what you're describing. My, my, my training times were so much better than my competition times. Mm. Do you see there, that's it, it's the path where there's something yeah. in your mind that's so saying something. So we're now talking about the mid-80s when this went down. So yeah. that was long before, I suppose, all these type of modalities yeah, existed for sport and they exactly, saw that yeah. well, it definitely wasn't in, in, in South Africa no. because what happened for me after that fall was normally after essays you take about a, a month break and you start again mm-hmm. but, but by training and when I started training I became physically ill during every training session I would throw up you see now, as you say, there's an associate and that's become yes. a new strategy to avoid. It's an yeah, avoidance strategy. Absolutely. So we all have patterns. We're going towards or we're going away yeah. from. And and instead of going towards the goal of winning, you're going away from it because... It hurts. Or it away from the pain or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So exactly. you've changed that there. Yeah. But this particular the person yes. I've seen, just to get back to, because I think it's quite relevant for... You may <laughs> for, listen. For this. <laughs> <laughs> is that guy, we, we set up some goals using neuro-linguistic programming and timeline therapy of you know he wanted to get into the the 
I think he was in standard nine, whatever, grade 11 now. Yeah. He wanted to get into the A team at high school, obviously. Then he wanted to get into the provincial team, which he which we put in the future and then he wanted to get into you know certain teams which yeah. names I won't mention but um all of those goals he's achieved today oh, I mean this I saw him a number of years ago and each time he achieved the ones well all the ones we did together he's achieved each one oh wow you know and I watch him on Facebook yeah. and, and and see the success and it's oh, awesome. it's just so it you literally really feel was good about that well I do it makes me feel good to see him succeeding and yeah. it was such a passion and such a desire I remember his mum saying to me, because he had a choice to have some great birthday present or to pay to come and see me. And oh, wow. in his school holidays, in grade nine, he came and he, or grade Shoot, 11, well, he that's came and commitment. saw me. Mm. Huh. So seeing that, yeah. you know, and his mum said, work on his homework, his maths. And I said, no, I'm working on what he <laughs> wants to work on, not what you want to work on. <laughs> Absolutely. You're only paying you. the ball, but yeah. this is his birthday gift. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. how does... Neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis mm. differ from each other. So with NLP, I think it just depends on the client that you're working with. Okay. Because there's certain things that, um, what am I working with? What is wrong with what is what does the client want to heal? What are their beliefs? What is their model of the world? How do they feel most comfortable working? Hypnosis literally is that that state you know when you just wake up in the morning and you just feel so nice and lazy and you can hear everything that's going on around you basically that's what it is we have the different brain waves the beta alpha theta and delta ah uh, there you go sorry so it's yeah and our active that you and i are talking in now would be beta okay. that's your sort of conscious level when you begin to meditate relax even if you look up and the eyes start doing the little rem you're starting to go down into an alpha state and with hypnotherapy that alpha early theater is kind of where we get to okay. it's just where the mind is more creative it's more heightened state of awareness where we can bypass that conscious thought yes so if i'm saying to you now okay freddie you must stop doing this and you must think this your conscious mind's going to think yeah oh, very well oh, fuck you to yeah, stop exactly <laughs> the fuck are you to tell me what to do exactly <laughs> and i'm not going to do it but well, now number one i'd never tell a person what to do yeah. because they choose but i may make suggestions that from now on you might be able to find the more resourceful part of x y and z in your brain or you yeah. know what i mean but you're aware so your subconscious mind is a, is, is a sort of a being of integrity if i had to say to you going to walk out here and stab five people you're going to walk out here and think, fuck, she's, so, she's, she's off. Yeah. God knows what she's on, but I'm not coming back. Okay. Whereas if I had to go and say to a gangster, you're going to go and find all your money and, and give it to the poor, he too is going to think, oh, fuck, yeah. she's off the planet. I mean, what does she think, you know? So when I was at Varsity in the, early eight, in the mid-80s, mm -hmm. I studied psychology. And part of that, one of the, I suppose, one lecture or something was about hypnosis. Yeah. And part of what, what we were taught there was you cannot tell somebody under hypnosis to do something that, that will they cannot morally connect to. Exactly. So, and that's so what research exactly. has not proven that incorrect over the past 30 years. That no. that is still exactly... It's exactly Because it. this morning I was wondering about that. I wonder, I wonder if research has, has now kind of mm -hmm. proven that differently. And, you and, can't. And, you're, and, and, and it's your own integrity. <clears throat> it's your own you. So you will only help or accept suggestions that are congruent with how you're feeling. Cool. Yeah. So you can come to me and say, um, you know, one of the things in NLP is like to dislike. So if you absolutely love chocolate and you want to dislike chocolate because it's causing you to eat too much. Why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> well, it's just an example. It can no, be here's anything. An, here's an example I can relate to. <laughs> okay, it's 
So I'm just joking. <laughs> but the thing is, if the person, I'll say to them, why do you want to do it? And we need to discover why. Yeah. If they really, really love chocolate and it's not going to work for them, I'm not going to work with them on it because yeah. it's not going to happen. But if they are absolutely adamant that they have a medical reason yes. or if there is, you know, that honestly is destroying yeah. whatever. Well, the, yeah, the health reasons. I am completely overweight. My ankles are fucked. I can't yeah. walk I really, really need to lose weight and my Achilles heel is chocolate. Mm. So and if that is, and if it's congruent within yeah. them that that's what they want to let go of, then, can then we can it. work yeah. with it. Then we can make beautiful shifts. It's historical yeah. to see how people oh, respond and stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if someone comes and they're half-hearted about it, yeah. And My the same with hypnosis. That's not going to work. No, 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 no. And if people do say that to me, you know, my, my thing is I'll say, I want to book an appointment for my husband. Yeah. Well, this is my number. Let him phone me. Yes. Yeah. Because it really does make a difference. Yeah. The person needs to be the one who's choosing to totally come. So. Yeah. so we work very, very much on the same principles in what you do and, and what I do with, with addiction. Yeah. Now, kind of, mm. If you want help, I'll help you. But but don't come and sit here because your mom sent you. It's, mm. it's not. It's and also don't blame. Yeah. You know, oh, you need so. to choose because yeah, the thing is that nobody else can help you. Yeah. It's taking responsibility. I can help you help yourself. That's for sure. If you If you're willing to play all in, and you're willing to do the, you know, the, the, the mind is powerful. Mm. Um, who, Riyad, Riyad, whatever, Kipling, he said words are the most powerful drug, whatever. And it's true because the words we tell ourselves, the mm. words we speak, what we say becomes addictive. So we yeah. need to be careful totally about what so. we say. It's interesting. I just read that book that last day. We don't talk about it ever. Mm-hmm. Book by Desiree Ann Martin. Mm-hmm. She's a drug addict who's now been clean for 15 years and she's a writer and she loved writing and her, she starts her first words is words of my drug of choice <laughs> <laughs> so, so connecting very yeah. well with, with, with what you said there yeah so you mentioned earlier that you grew up christian yes where did you grow up in johannesburg in johannesburg okay mm-hmm. we enjoy we enjoy it park town north Ooh, a north and northern suburbs girl. I don't know. Are you? So imagine it was a bit. It wasn't very posh in those days. You go back now. You're Park, and I went to Parkhurst and Rosebank Primary School, and they were all just sort of yeah. random. But how old um, are you now, if I may ask? Fifty-two. So we are exactly the same age. Yeah, there you go. So I grew up in Trehomph. Oh yes, okay. way on the wrong side. Oh well, of then the we were north compared, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, to me, you were very Sorry, north. Many. So you were close to oh, Help McGod High School somewhere yes, in, in, yes, in yes, that yes, area. Yeah, that in those area, days, yeah. that was not northern suburbs. I well, suppose it is northern suburbs, but it wasn't posh. Grown. It's, it's but I mean, if you go back, I was back off a number of years ago. But Parkhurst and Park Tunnel suddenly were quite sort of sought after. And when I was growing up, they weren't. You know, the Stantons and the Bryanstons were the very. Oh, they were so nice and close to town. I always think of it as such such green suburbs. There's lots of trees. Yes, for for yeah, me, that actually was give me lovely. greenery and, and I'm, I'm there. Yeah. And where did you do your schooling? Well, I was at Rosebank and then they wanted me to have another year in Standard 5 just for fun. So I went to Parkhurst primary. Okay. <laughs> and then I went to Greenside High and I was desperate to go to boarding school. So for Standard 9 I went to boarding school. I chose one evening at the end of the year to go to a party that I wasn't supposed to. And I got one of the prefects phoned the headmaster and said, Lee and Jenny have bunked out. Oh, no. So I did my matric in Dermlin. <laughs> so I'm so a bit checkered. I, I've got I, I, a... <laughs> okay, so, so, so you're not as innocent as, as, as you tried to make yourself out to No, be. no. 
How interesting that <laughs> no, it I did seems. all the smoking and all that. No, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you, and you mentioned earlier you, you grew up with religion. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but my parents were both amazingly open. For a lot of times while we were little, it was very much, you know, we go to church and we got very grounded. And that was actually very cool. But my dad sort of, how can I say, I mean, he read the Bible out of interest more than out of, I must go to church every Sunday okay. and do stuff. They kind of sort of went in and out of things. My dad was an alcoholic, so he also kind of really bummed out for a while and okay. came back. So he had very quite a lot of issues, you know, ups and downs with it. Yeah. But I think he found the actual writing and stuff quite interesting. Okay. And he, so his knowledge was incredible. And my mum too, neither of them were very much hellfire and brimstone okay. and, you know. Hallelujah, Touch the screen the and, and say, I believe. <laughs> you know, there was none of Thankfully, I didn't have that. Gee! <laughs> yeah, I know that was too much. But they were both very beautiful and very in their own right, particularly my mom. Her closeness and her spirituality, um, she got very into the course of miracles as well oh. as she got older. And, and I very much tend to agree with that. I mean, we talk about universe, source, God, whatever. I mean, I'm very happy with the connection, the word God. It, it's not something, okay. you know, I'm very comfortable that Jesus walked on the earth, you know, okay. and, and I feel that's... But I, I also don't feel strongly about going to a church, having a human being telling me his thoughts, because very often I interpret it differently, mm. and that creates anger and bitterness and ugliness. Yeah. And also because I think with any religion, I see you've got one there. Richard Bach. Mm. And in there, it speaks, I'll find you something afterwards. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage about this guy saying, you know, how religion is created and how we start fighting for our own beliefs. And I think through what I've learned in life, we all have our own meaning and understanding. Yes. We have our own model of the world, as they talk about in NLP, which is who we are, where we come from, how we grew up, how our parents were, yes. you know, what we've seen, what we know. And all of that is individual. So each of us will read a passage from the Bible, mm. the Quran, the whatever, Course of Miracles, yeah. and we're going to value it, we're going to interpret it, we're going to pick it up, we're going to get from it what we need to get from it, which is, is different from the next yeah. door. So, so how people choose is fine. What I'm not comfortable with is when I have Mormons rushing to my door telling me I must go their way or Seventh-day Adventures, whatever, or, you know, and I, I do know it says go out and preach, but preach by being who you are and accepting people who as they mm -hmm. are and my mum very much brought that to me i mean she had her own connection with the holy spirit she did her own journey of okay. whatever her journey was yeah and she just accepted everybody oh, for awesome. everybody so if you want to be atheist if you want to be jewish if you want to be most and if you are and i mean each faith has got so much yeah. beauty in it and and all of us let's i mean i haven't done a lot of search into into faiths and things because i'm sort of comfortable where I'm at with what's awesome. going on right now. Yeah. You know, and I do the meditation. I'm busy doing a Deepak deep Chopra 21-day abundance thing, thing at the okay. moment. And, it's, and I love it. It's okay. beautiful. And the it's appreciating. The sponsee sent it to me yeah. and said, let's do this. And that was just before I had to get this book done. Uh -huh. And on day two, she sent me a message and said, oh, my word, I forgot about the book. I suppose you don't have time to do this. <laughs> <It's> actually, <laughs> you're right. I know, so. But you know, it's started when you can. It shall yeah. give you this stuff. It's brilliant. Was, so, so I think, yeah, I think our journeys are it individual. It sounds lovely. You, and, yeah. you're possibly the third or fourth or fifth person I know who, who's doing it or has done it. It's fascinating because it's, it's really, going really around good. at the moment. Because yeah. yeah. another friend of mine halfway through sent me a message saying, I've just started this. Do you want to join me? Ah. So, but on day three, it does offer people the opportunity to start new groups. So I think, okay. you know, oh, we're cool. such a small yeah. community. 
community in South Africa. So, so do you meditate daily? Usually. Or you try yeah, to make I some time to. I try to. There are times okay. with mornings in school and, yeah. yeah, but it is definitely what I try to do. Oh, cool. Mm. Do you sit quietly or do you use an app or... So depending on the time, um, if I'm in my office and I've had time to go to work, then I will, then I can. I've got <laughs> if my, I had time to go to work. No, 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 you know, if I've got time in the morning or I'm at the office. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I've got time in the office. That, oh, cool. Let's rephrase that, that, this that somehow. That sounds yeah. better, yeah. I've got a 12-year-old, so at home sometimes in the morning it's not it's not practical but when my husband's home more often than not he takes Ryan to school okay if he does that then often before so that's, that's I go then I can be in bed yeah. yeah and I do it'll completely depend on what's going oh, okay. on you know the last 21 days it's been the the abundance meditation at other times it's been it'll be I might be working on some book I might be reading something okay. I might be looking at some of my mom's course and miracle stuff oh, cool so yeah um, and it might even just be breathing Okay, um, yeah. I think there's so much power in the breath. I have such a problem with breathing. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. Maybe what, I should... doing breathing meditations? Yeah. Okay. It's as if... I can't tell you why. It's as if when I see... I use a meditation app called Inside Timer. Okay. So I choose a theme for a week. Mm-hmm. This last week was motivation because I just came back from holiday and I yeah. really struggled to, to get back into things. The theme for this week is mindfulness. Lovely. Because I did a beautiful podcast recording with Keisha, which the listeners would now know came out two weeks before you. Uh-huh. She was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. Jeez. And um, we talked about her living mindfully suddenly how, mm. how, how a diagnosis like that brings everything into reality kind of wow. you sitting in front of me I, I look at your eyes I see your hair because you know what I remembered earlier today I I could not remember what you looked like I, I don't remember you I feel good <laughs> I would have walked past you in the street and you would have thought I'm the rudest bastard I could not remember that's how I am not present and my husband constantly kind of confronts me this is Freddie, you teach people that being present and... But my head is so busy. It's just kind of... So anyway, so this week is mindfulness. But when I see mindful breathing, I skip it. It's as if the minute you tell me how I need to breathe, then but I, you know then what? I don't the, the, the breath, it. even if you just see breath as part of the meditation where you're breathing in but and imagine going up the spinal column connecting you to source and down yeah. connecting Look, you I'm to I'm very earth. aware of my own breath while I'm, while I'm breathing. It's, it's mm-hmm. all about... I know that I'm going into my stomach and I've nice, everything you see. out. Look at that. But I don't want you to tell me to hold for four seconds and to count for four seconds. It's if they, it so takes you don't the necessarily whole have to do the counting, but if you can breathe in, hold it, and then just imagine your frustration, the fear, the anger, whatever it is, imagine that attaching itself to the breath, and as you exhale, yes. just oh, allow cool. it to go down the body and out the feet. I like that feet. And, uh, picture it attaching to the breath. Yeah, so breathing in. Oh, cool. And you can do that with all emotions, hurt, fear, guilt, yeah. whatever. Breathe in. Sometimes when we begin to meditate, the, the body's too dense. We're so tense, pressure, dense, dense, dense. So if you just breathe in and think, okay, the body's a bit dense now, I want to open it up. I want yeah. the cells to separate so that I can just feel a bit more, ah, you know. Then just imagine that density attaching to the breath. Just hold it. Sometimes you can hold your breath for ages because there's just so much that you feel needs yeah. to attach. And then allow it down the body and out through the feet as you exhale. Cool. And then just breathe in a sigh. 
okay. just to cleanse it and then yeah. breathe in again and allow the hurt, the anger, the guilt, the grief, yeah. the whatever it is to attach to the breath. And it's actually it. amazing that with all the work I've done, very seldom can I sit in meditation and tell you I feel. Mostly it's, it's, it's I feel, I, I know okay is not an emotion, but if you ask me how you're feeling, is I'm content, I'm serene. Beautiful. I'm, 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 really, I'm really okay. But isn't that and, what it is? It's and what, about and that. And what's it's lovely about is you. this one. Tyson has joined us. He's now sitting on the desk. He's such yes, a, he's such and he's a, got his mouth at the microphone ready to you have what, a meal. There's one podcast recording where he kept on rubbing his, his you know, rubbing the size of his face on it. So you can clearly hear Tyson rubbing. But anyway, and Tyson joins me. When I, when I sit, oh, I sit on my bed kit. and he sits on my lap. Well, he's a therapy cat as well. Oh. He joins me on therapy sessions on my lap. He would normally mow about five minutes into a session. Then I say to the client, do you mind if Tyson joins us? And the, no client has ever said no. Mm-hmm. So he comes in, smiles the client and jumps on my lap. He's very and, gentle. Yeah, and when the know. client starts crying, he jumps off my lap and goes along with the client. Uh, the first time it happened, I thought it was a fluke. But it's now a rule. That's just, it's, he is oh, amazing. Oh, my heart he's, just he's beyond. He is ab- feels amazing. He is absolutely my heart to scat. So, um, yeah, so he joins he me in meditation. Even now, now and then he doesn't arrive for meditation. Kind of, hey, you didn't meditate this morning. You're going to have a terrible day. No serenity for you today. He didn't join me this morning, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> His head is done. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's oh, sorry. God, he's now rubbing his face. I'm in shame. Hey, babes. So, mm. when... When you oh sweet <laughs> tissue, he when, said his word now. When you arrived in Sunni, mm. where were you spiritually? Because now you've come from a from a high pressure, high profile corporate job. I'm trying to remember back then. Um, I think kind of fine, really. I don't think I was sort of on a on a high or a low in any specific way. You know, I've always sort of read and followed things, but yeah, I don't think I was kind of following. Gee, I can't for the life of me remember. For many, many, many years, I have looked at at different things, and I've read like you know, I see your Richard Bach and the Louise Hay. In fact, it was Louise Hay who started my journey on oh, August. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, it was when I finished school. I travelled for seven years. And seven years, okay. Most people do it for a month to maybe yeah. a year. Seven years, yeah. How the hell do you travel for seven years? Well, I went to one, I actually just went to England <laughs> for a year and I was having, you know, I just enjoyed it. And I was working in the in a pub and doing all that kind of okay, stuff. So, did you do the work safe travel? Work yes, safe, okay, yeah. cool. And then I went off to the States and then to Canada and whatever. Oh, um, I didn't have any relationships or anything like that. I was always a very slow starter when it came to. You know, it was more important to travel than it was to find boyfriends and things. Cool. And oh, your priorities were so right. Well, yes, yeah, I don't regret it. <laughs> um, but then food became my love. Okay. Chocolate. And I landed up, funnily enough, at Overeaters Anonymous. That was my 12th service because I was huge. I picked up masses. I mean, you won't believe it because I'm fine now, but I was very, okay. very... This is where we needed visuals. My, my, my mouth was on the floor. You're small. <laughs> You're tiny. I know. And I was huge. I was Are you serious? And Overeaters Anonymous brought you onto the, onto the journey. No, so, so yeah, well, funnily enough, a book called Feeding the Hungry Heart. I went to a psychologist okay. because I was so fat and I just, all I ate was chocolates. I would go and buy like five, like Mars bar, text bar, whatever, mm. lunch bars, whatever, mm. and think, okay, we'll My have one a day for the week. <laughs> 
all up. And literally, <laughs> yeah, I would amazing, throw food yeah. in the bin, and then I would take it out again and eat it. Okay. And yeah. and I just it was. So the relationship with food was fucked. It absolutely, just, yeah, completely and utterly. It, mm. it had a complete different meaning. Well than, done, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I went to see a psychologist. I don't know why. I don't know how I found her. And she told me to buy a book called Feeding the Hungry Hungry Heart by Janine Roth. Okay. And it's very basic. It's very simple. Even some of my weight loss clients now I tell them to. I mean, it's it's an old book and it really is. But I associated with it in every way, shape or form. You awesome. know, the, the eating cereal at any time, the taking food out the trash can, you know, trying to make myself vomit, but I was never anorexic. It never no. kind of worked for me. And... From that, I went to Overeaters Anonymous, okay. which started me getting on a, on a journey of, okay, hold on a second, we've got a problem here, we need to deal with it. And unlike cigarettes, you know, when I stop smoking, I stop smoking. You never have another cigarette again. Yeah. But unfortunately, food, you have you to have keep to eating. You have to bloody well eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a sex addict, so I, I, I have my, yeah. uh, the process addiction as well. And God, those are difficult. And well, it is, because yeah. you've got to continue. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so... That then brought me somehow or another to Louise Hay and the and that sort of positive affirmations, which obviously was then a sort of a circuit. And I mean, that started before I was even married. I mean, it was okay. years and years ago. And, you know, my mom, I think, in fact, to be honest, it was my mom who suggested it because she had already sort of got on that journey. So, oh, okay. so I think on and off, I probably wasn't at a time to get back to the question you asked about Deneen, about sort of any kind of form of spirituality. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've sort of gone up and down in different phases okay. and different, you know. Um. Did that do AA? Yes, on and off, I think, okay. through the years. I mean, I was sort of too little really to know the process, but I okay. think, yes, he did. And I think my mum went to the partner, the Al-Anon, or the... Um, uh, Al-Anon, yeah. I think that really yeah. was, yeah. Have you heard of adult children? No, but that's quite interesting. Yes, there's a, there's a fellowship called Adult Children of Alcoholics. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere I have there's kind of like a so, little bell. So, so, so somebody like you had an alcoholic father, they help you to, to kind of interpret. That'd be quite interesting, hey? Because yeah. I, I find sometimes, I mean, I enjoy a glass of wine at the weekends or, or whatever the case is, but there's often this thing of, oh, I better be careful, I don't want to be my dad, I don't oh want to have enough. Word. So, there is self talk yeah. that goes on in and around the whole, okay. you know. Did your accident change your spiritual path? Definitely changed in the sense that from being very corporate driven, and I think with that is a lot less of the kind of spiritual yeah. whatever, um, it sent me on this journey of hypnotherapy, NLP, helping, um, helping others. Becoming a healer. So, so yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the directions yeah. have changed. Fascinatingly, and I wonder, you know, this whole thing about how we attract stuff into our lives. My dad was very corporate okay. when we were kids, apparently growing up. And then my brother was born with diabetes. Okay. And um, he had quite a toxic, scary life. Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm currently reading a book about a girl who's got diabetes. So. Oh, wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Juvenile diabetes. She was diagnosed at nine. I thought you were laughing because he had diabetes. I'm thinking, well, it's not really funny, but I'll carry no, on it's, talking it's, here. It's, 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 I, I, that's why I had to interrupt you because I could see in your eyes kind of, what the fuck's, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> My father was a diabetic. Okay. Diabetes is very prominent in our family and I'm pre-diabetic. Okay, so you've got to be yeah. careful, yeah. And she, this girl, uh, Rowena Webb, she lost both her legs because she became, became yeah. 
in, involved in drugs. And oh, my word. And on the, in the diabetic. Yeah, and she had um, liver problems. She was sure. on dialysis. And so just not self-caring. She, the liver wow. got fucked. The, she lost both legs. Um, but the book's name is Impossible is Nothing. And so far, it's an amazing tale. So, sorry, back back to your brother. I just th- th- no, thought that it's weird that that, that came up now as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so he, my dad then left advertising and went and studied homeopathy. Oh, and he spent word. six years in Durban. It's, you know, I think it was the only place in the country at that time was doing it. And okay. then he spent time in the States studying iridology with George, whoever he is, like the the main iridology dude oh my word. in the States. And yeah, so he, my dad was a fascinating human being. I mean, he was really brilliant. So see, he also had, you know, the, the, that sort of foundation in understanding that there is God, there is source, but yeah. also an openness to understanding and accepting yes. life. That um, openness is yeah. such an important isn't it? principle, isn't yeah. it? And um, so then he went into homeopathy and for him it was difficult because our whole family was you know my grandfather was director general of of south african broadcasting corporation which then became sabc tv he was very pivotal in bringing television into south africa my My one my his now i don't know if it's him or my my great uncle was herbert evans the art shop evans you know up in Joburg, all the art sort of stuff and so that led into a line of Plascon Parthenon Paints was all oh, our family. And so there were all these big kind of, you know, no. my uncle in America who I've always sort of aspired to is, you know, he was uh, very high up in Chase Manhattan Bank Good and PepsiCo. And so there were well, all so these the like high flyers, is corporate in the culture. Family, yeah. And we were just the little poor mouse with a homeopathic <laughs> father. And, and I do, I mean, I had a lot of struggles around that from a financial point of view, yeah. thinking, damn it, I wish we had the... But having said that, the lives that my dad, changed and healed yes. i mean he died in 2004 and if you go into stanford today people still talk about dr filmer and how Is great it? dr filmer was and you know uh, he was just such a beautiful amazing human being and he okay. helped so many people yes he still struggled with alcoholism on on and off through that um and the nuts but i mean the days he was working there was no alcohol involved from you know yeah. sort of he landed up working so was tuesday it, wednesday a thursday when he was older okay, he was young, cool, yeah. so um, but then on the weekends he'd often really you know, fall off. But oh, he was okay. on and off the yeah. wagon, you know, he okay. had his, his, his moment of time. But he was then sort of looked down upon, I think, by his family because he was the homeopath, you know, yeah, and it was a big shock to the system from being... In terms of how many people they help. Exactly. Concept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so he, uh, he changed. It was fascinating when I look back now how I was also in a sort of a creative field in the sort of marketing, yeah. When you said he was advertising, I thought, okay, daughter follow dad. You know, yeah, daughter, and it's oh. so funny that that my life shifted in a different way. His was his child being ill, um, and for him, what what shifted him was that the medical doctor said, no, your son's going to die. This, this, you know, we can keep him alive for a short while, but I mean, Rob lived until he was forty-five. Oh wow! But he had the help of a homeopath yeah. from from very early age, and the homeopath said, look you know, he's got diabetes, that we can't change, the insulin yeah. we can't change, but we can support. And that just triggered my dad and off he went and, awesome. and did many years of studying. Yeah. yeah. So That's I think my parents went through lots of hardships when I can imagine, there was yeah. no money coming That's in. the one thing I always say to, 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 to uh, I compare addiction and, and diabetes always. Yeah. Kind of there's no cure. Yeah. But by doing a certain set of things every day, we can live a very healthy life for a very long time. Mm. And when we when we stop doing those things, we are going to get sick again. There's exactly. no doubt about it. Exactly. If the, if the diabetics stop 
taking insulin or whatever the, the homeopathic equivalent of that is. The yeah, he still had the insulin. For the rest okay. of his life, insulin is necessary okay, and cool. that's what that's what he had. However, whenever he did have to have operation, he did land up on dialysis and stuff. Okay. But he was supported health, you know. So his medical life was very toxic. I mean, he had no choice but yeah. to. And as he got older, obviously that was, you mm. know, what he... He, he did but he was one of those amazing people too I mean dear God he you'd meet him and, and you'd say how are you Rob I mean he's blind he's diabetic now he lost his sight through at 25 <laughs> he's diabetic he's got kidney failure he's whatever and you can see he's really feeling crap very sallow because of the dialysis and it's a, you'd say how are you and he'd go yeah I'm fine man how are you doing how are your kids how's how's um, Tyson doing Boy, today whatever yeah. And he just remembered stuff about people, focus on people, loved people. Oh, wow. I mean, he just, right until he died. Wow. Was, and he, he had a lot of really, really difficult challenges. Same. You're also an amazing Brilliant. human being. And so brought love. People wanted to see him. Well. Exactly. Oh, cool. Yeah, people wanted to hang around him yeah. because he didn't go, oh, God. And, and when he was little and he couldn't have chocolates and sweets and Cokes and things. Oh. And people say, why are you getting a Diet Coke? Ah, watching my weight line, you know, ha, ha, kind Same. of thing. He never said, because I'm diabetic, I can't yeah. have it. Oh, woe is me. Never. Oh, my word. It's fascinating, yeah. Mm. I know. Oh, I know. We're not all like that, I'm afraid. that he was one of my, <laughs> he worst, was a good my child. worst character defects. <laughs> I would have told everybody that I'm diabetic, and everybody would have such some sympathy with me, and I would have manipulated that situation to the nth degree. Yeah, secondary mm. gain, you see. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, there was something else I wanted to ask. Oh, yes. That came up for me when we were talking about hypnosis mm. the one thing that that's always fascinating it's fascinated me about hypnosis is that concept of what's the word I'm looking for I'm going to say predisposition mm. but it's possibly not the right word when I studied hypnosis that that, that one day in <laughs> psychology it could have been a week it could have been a year for all I know I mean, <laughs> But but you're remembering I, more and but, more as we talk about it, aren't you? <laughs> what I remember from my student days um, was that you needed to be susceptible. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, so again, that's if somebody it's, chooses to be. Okay. Um, so it's totally up to you how susceptible you are to, to, to being open to suggestion. Everybody goes in and out of hypnosis every single day of their life. Whether you like it as you're falling asleep, as you're waking up, you're going through those layers of yeah. of, of waking of hypnosis. Yeah. When you drive from A to B, you're in a and, and you don't know how you got that there. Happens so often. Basically that's that's kind of like oh, waking word, hypnosis yeah. because you're just off somewhere else. Yeah. Have you ever watched a movie where you've been so absorbed that you find yourself suddenly starting to clap when people in the audience are clapping mm. and there's something, you know, and actually you're sitting on the screen, you know, in, yeah. the, in the movie house and you're kind of so involved in the movie. Um, have you ever read a book where you kind of, you can't even hear what people are saying Story around you because you are so focused yeah. in that book? That's waking hypnosis. All of that is you are so focused, you're in a, and the word trance is what people don't like, but it's yes. a trance-like state. And I wish there were other words for it. There was a chap... Um, that's okay, it's cute. There was a chap, um, I can't even remember his name. One of the big hypnosis guys, I don't know if it was James Braid, was one of them wanted to call it neuro something. You know, he had this word for it instead of um, Smart word hypnosis. Yeah. And basically it is, it's very similar. It's working with, with creating shifts and changes in the mind. But by subs- just to answer the susceptibility thing quickly, in a, I'm rambling on. Um, <laughs> We choose how susceptible we are, and we also choose who we trust. Oh, so it's also a process of building up a trust with a person. So the first time we worked together, 
they might not be they might be very anxious to hear can i hear everything going on what's going on what she's saying what's what what yeah but the idea is i don't want you to fall asleep i want you to hear what i'm saying because mm. how can you trust me yeah. if you don't you don't go into you don't get under hypnosis like under anesthetic and you don't yeah. know what's going on you just go into a beautiful state of relaxation and the more you relax the better you feel yeah and the better you feel the more you can relax you know yes. and then you're able to sit there and just allow the subconscious mind to take in what is valuable for you and cool. what goes with your own mar- moral yeah. integrity. Oh, yeah. cool. So. Last question. Because mm. I see we have been brabbling on for a while now. So, what fascinated me that when I met you the day we talked about hypnotherapy and anxiety. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what you would do for somebody suffering from anxiety. If they come and see you okay so again it's very very individual because we all have our different ways of seeing and and uh, of experiencing yeah. and our strategies and patterns but I think the most empowering thing with someone with anxiety is to teach them how to to create an anchor of a, revo- a resource state so you know we as it starts building up and we get unhappy if we can find an anchor a trigger something that can put us into a better more resourceful state so it's about teaching them their own self-hypnosis, essentially, okay. I think is one of the things that works very much with it. And start finding in aware of the triggers, what's causing it, what can we let go of in the past that we can move forward yes. with in the future. And also then, as I say, finding the anchors, and anchors are very NLP kind of thing, where you find even just using a trigger, putting yes. your finger and thumb together, touching your head, or whatever you want to do, um, to bring on a more happy state. to relax. So as you feel the anxiety coming on, do your, your breath, Put your hand on wherever the anchor is and so that you can just control the anxiety yeah. when it does come up. Also, so, the, the now state. I don't know if you work with the now state much. To be in the now, to mm. be present, to kind yeah. of right here, right now, everything's mm. okay. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I normally well, say, yeah. Yeah, so it was, I think it was, was it Icelandic, the Hakalau or whatever, where you focus on a spot and you become aware of, you know, the floor, the ceiling, just yeah. looking at that spot, what's around you, and then allow your your awareness to expand to behind you so that you can actually feel what's going on behind okay. you. So when you're working with a person, you want to help them get to that state because when you can, and again, that just allows the density in the body to to release a little bit. And as you get less dense, you get more calm, you know, and you can then visualize the cells just separating okay. and giving you more space. So you can allow it to pass, you can allow it to, you know, and, and again, other people, they can actually physically see it or feel it as something. Yeah. So where do you feel it? What is it? How can we, is it, is it malleable? Can we take it out? Can we deal with it? That's kind of a, yeah, different people, what I would do yeah. different things with, but yeah. But ultimately what I'm hearing is that for so, like for so many things, hypnotherapy is not the magic tablet. You're not going to walk into your room suffering from anxiety and walk out and not suffering from, from anxiety. There's a lot of work that you need to do. Like so, so, many, so many people believe us as healers are, are, are the magic wand. Mm-hmm. They're going to walk in sick and they're going to walk out not without having to do anything in the process. But that's exactly, that's, <laughs> that to me is, and I say that to people, you know, it's, you don't do addiction miracle. You do addiction therapy. Or counseling. Yeah. I don't do hypnomiracle, I do hyp- hypnotherapy. Yeah. There are things that look like a miracle in the sense that you can walk in a smoke and walk out a non smoke. Yes. You know, um, I do a, a process where it's at least two and I make people commit to doing diaries and things, which some people don't like, but then they're not committed. So yeah. 
Absolutely. It's all right. But nothing is, is an instant. You know, people, I, and I think this is why certain religions get a bad rap as well. You know, you go to church, they say you're going to be born again, which is like a spiritual awakening in any sense, whether yeah. it's a, a church or, a, yeah. you know, whatever these people go to. And then you expect when you're born again, you're going to be different. You expect your, your emotions and everything in your whole life to be different. And then it's not. And then you blame the church. Yes. But it's not. You blame yourself. You should blame yeah. yourself. You know, so you, you, you see Freddie and then you go and have a drink. Oh, Freddie's fault. It's got fuck all to do with Freddie. Exactly. It's to do with you. You chose <laughs> to do that in the moment. It's your yeah. present moment. So somehow or another, there's somewhere in your life where you're choosing anxiety. And it may just be modern life, stress. The food we eat, God knows what else. I mm-hmm. mean, it may be really seep, deep-seated stuff that we've had from the past. And, you know, you can't just, you can never erase a situation. Yeah. That's how I always work with clients is, is something happened to you in your life. And it may, maybe something tiny, maybe something huge. It doesn't matter, but it's affected you massively yeah. in your emotional world. So let's work on a situation where we can, you can look at that and we can put it into a museum, like an archive museum yeah. somewhere. So it happened. But the meaning that it has yes. for you, are we holding on to the meaning? Absolutely. I think I told you for a long time I held on to the horse incident. Oh, I've had the accident. It's so terrible. I can't remember. I can't run. I can't do this. I can't blah, blah, blah. Do you know, people get bloody bored of that. <laughs> and that's your identity. Yeah. You know, that's no longer my identity. I learned from that. Yes. And I also learned that I took the risk. You know, at first it was, why did she put me on that bloody horse? Why did she do this? And it's like... I chose that horse. It was a cute horse. It looked good. Mm. I was a Pilates instructor. I knew how to sit on the horse. I felt my ego Ah. was very cool on that horse. So it was my choice to be on that horse. Okay. Um, And maybe the the universal attraction was the fact that I, it shifted me from needing to be this corporate person to actually being in a in a career that, you know, no may not be as lucrative, but it certainly is. You know, and and often I don't. You said to me. When clients leave you, that's a good thing, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I look at it and think, oh, shit, they're gone. Like, you know, and then they come back and they say, wow, this worked. Or yesterday I got a message from a client saying, six months smoke free, you know, and yeah. Uh, things, awesome. yeah. yeah. So it's so beautiful. Yeah. What's your last question? There's always a last question. I, 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 I normally say this is the last question, and then it's not, then it's the last question, but I can't think if there's another last question. So maybe that was. No, there was a last question. <laughs> Where can people reach you? Ah. How and where can people reach you? Do you have a website? Facebook page, web, website? Yeah, my web um, page is mindshifts, with an S on the end, all one word, .co.za. Okay, mind, www.mindshifts.co.za. Yeah. Cool. Um, Lee at Mindshifts or info at Mindshifts, okay. because some people spell mind. And that's Lee, L-E-I-G-H. At Mindshifts.co.za cool. or info at Mindshifts.co.za. Awesome. I'll put that in the... in the. Um, and then my phone number as well. Cool. 078-791-5633. Cool. Mm. So um, now everybody can find you. Mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is fascinating. I, I, I love the idea of... NLP of accessing the brain because as you say the brain is such a powerful muscle it is. that we, we, we need to help it to, 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 to bring it into a relaxed state where we can actually I'm going to use the word mold which is not exactly what I want yeah, to use yeah I know but, but that's, but, that's, but, that's yeah, not right really yeah. but I hear, what, I hear where you're getting at yeah, but although that's not totally so because mm. the, the, the picture that, that I get is that my brain gets so busy 
that it, it, it goes all tight. So if I don't meditate, I'm not going to give it the opportunity to just kind of relax back, exactly, which is very Tara yeah. Brock. I love Tara Brock. Relax back and to be susceptible to to the messages I need to get. Mm. Mm. And that's kind of what what I, what I see you doing mm. as well. Is but do you know, I think in a sense, when, when we started off, before we started recording, you said that, you know, often with a, with a client, you look at the patterns. So, you know, they can say what they want, but you see a little life pattern, life exactly, pattern, life pattern. Yeah. So ultimately, that's what you're doing. It's NLP. You're getting those together. You're seeing the strategies yes. that they're doing, and you're able to then help them that reapply that strategy yeah. into something that is far more beneficial for yeah. them. Um, to reframe the strategy cool. into something yeah. that is less um, less harmful. Mm. Awesome, Lee. Thank Good. you so so very much. I really appreciate well, thank the you time for the and invite. the energy this you've put um, Yeah, it's, it's just really so awesome. The day I met you, I just knew I need to I need to get this chick this chick here. So I'm cool. very glad we we did. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. It's been so super, and it's you know I'm on the growth now path of like I need to get more involved in social media, putting myself ah. out there. You know, sharing what I do have because it is amazing. Oh, and Kit Kat is and coming. Th- to the do sound it. you're hearing is Tyson rubbing himself up against the microphone now. Yes, because he says it's enough now. I, I want to talk. I had an interesting situation on Saturday, Sunday. I was advertising my new book mm-hmm. on social media. I actually did a, a, a Facebook ad, and the guys have sent me a message on Facebook and said, um, I was going to buy one of your books. But something like you, you are so overwhelming or, or you are so overbearing or something, just piss off. What a shock. And he's a healer. Oh, no. So, so, that is just So I had crazy. to kind of, I had to practice what my book says. My reaction was started typing. 24-hour rule, always. <laughs> yeah, the rule, never send an email or any message while you're angry. And I break that rule often. But there I actually said, Freddie, you were advertising a book about don't react, respond. So I sat back and my reaction was to tell him to go and fuck himself. Mm-hmm. And my response was, thank you very much for your input. I appreciate that. And I do appreciate well it because, because what, I, what I see is that maybe I, I am too in people's faces. Maybe I needed to step a little bit back. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? So one of the NLP. You, one, one you, of you, the you know who you are. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> One of the presuppositions of NLP is there is no failure, only feedback. Yeah, I, um, I like that. Mm, and and it is. It's just feedback. Yeah. You know, there's one random human in the universe who's, you know. Yeah. It's it's feedback that okay, so not everyone's the same. And, no, and I accept yeah. that. Awesome. Do you have Good. a wonderful rest of your day? I and am now going too? to Stellenbosch to go and pick up my printed books. They are Yay! Ready. And I thank you too for my little bracelet. You made are by most welcome. I hope it brings you loads of, loads of joy. Love it. Will. Cool. It's stunning. Look after yourself. See ya. Bye. Bye. I always find it inspiring and interesting to hear how a seemingly catastrophic life event can have such an amazing impact on someone's life. Lee's accident has truly taken her on a path not trodden before. I wish her all of the best in her healing practice. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za 
or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or on Twitter at at Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.